Mystic Pizza is based off a uh, pizza place in what's called Mystic Connecticut. And it's a pizza place called A Slice of Heaven. Now, Julia Roberts stars in this particular film called Mystic Pizza. It's like pizza in Mystic Connecticut. That's what this film is based on. And we're going to take it minute by minute to figure out why we're talking about pizza in Mystic Connecticut. Disco ball? Just have that. That would be quiet, and it would probably. Gravity would just turn. You would have to shine like spotlights on it. Yeah. Oof. Every week for the show, you should decorate the apartment differently and then describe it to people. Oh, yeah. That's not a bad idea. That could be a segment. Mm hmm. Or, like, uh, like, what's missing in the room? Like, every episode, you take away something from your room. But we'd have a lot of, like, like, first-time guests. But it also gives clues to, like, a murder. (laughs) Yeah. How about write this down? Four guests. You have your guest's Mystic Pizza moment. Like, just the best pizza moment I've ever had. Mystic Pizza moment. Let me write that one down. Yeah, like, what was a moment... Marshall, what was a moment in your life where uh, you had the best pizza and at the same time had a mystical moment? Hmm. I sort of have an answer to that one, actually. Well, then, go ahead. I was, uh, when I was in Israel, and I know I keep going back to that topic, but uh, when I was in Israel, I wound up staying kosher the entire time I was there, even though I, I don't stay kosher at all in real life. Um, but the only op- which was easy to do in Israel, because things are generally kosher, because, you know, Jewish clientele and what have mm-hmm. you, but I did have one opportunity to break kashrut. There was a, I guess it was a Palestinian-owned piece of place. Maybe, no, it might have been Christian-owned, because I guess Muslims don't eat pork either. Yeah, uh, they don't eat beef, right? Do they eat milk and meat? I, no, yeah, they don't eat pork. But uh, it wasn't actually, I'm not sure if it was a pork question. But anyway, I had an opportunity to break kosher and I, I made a conscious decision not to, and I felt very in touch with my Judaism. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> mystic pizza moment. That's my mystic pizza moment. Good job. <laughs> you I, have, uh, I have kind of a mystic pizza moment. This is like uh, one of my earliest memories. Um, I just remember being in like a pizza restaurant as a child and uh, I, tr- I took a bite of a slice of pizza but like all the cheese went with it so like <laughs> I swallowed all the cheese that was on the pizza because it like became detached from the pizza itself and I just remember like reaching down my own throat because it was like choking me and I just pulled out like this long string of pizza cheese uh-huh. And uh, I just got this vividly in my mind right now. And then I was, I was, that's the day that I found Jesus and I was born again into Catholicism. <laughs> nice. Good one. Yep. Yep. Never looked back. I was, I was like four years old. Uh, did you think of what? Yeah. Mine is just me being extremely fat because uh, I had a buddy who worked at a pizza shop and we have a sandwich there called a goddamn because it's a goddamn mess. Uh, Because it's just literally everything that you can fry and cook there all on a sandwich. And then one time I just wrapped a pizza slice around that and went to town. (laughs) That sounds delicious. It was the best. Yeah. So good that it reached the level of mysticism. Mysticism. Yes. (laughs) It had mystical significance. Those were our Mystic Pizza moments. And this is the Mystic Pizza Minute. Hello. Welcome. Wait, can I do that one again? 
And this was the Mystic... Or this... This is the... <laughs> no, you can't do that one again. <laughs> this is the Mystic Pizza Minute. I'm John Windsor. I'm David Holford. And uh, with us again, we have... Marshall Bruno. Yeah, a returning guest. Welcome back, Marshall. Today we are on Minute 29 of the 1988 uh, cult classic, Mystic Pizza. Now, what, what minute were you on last time? Um, 17 and 18. 17 and 18. So that was during the uh, the endless pool montage. It was right at the beginning of that. Right at the beginning of the pool. You had the darts scene. Yeah, I had the end of the darts and then pool. Yep. And then there was pool. And man, so much has happened since. Yeah, yeah. And really, there were, those were some dark times, the uh, the pool montage. <laughs> but like, uh, there was light at the end of the tunnel, and like, here we are. We have this scene in which, uh, Windsor, you want to describe what happens? Yeah, um, so uh, this is after Daisy gets home and finds Charlie sitting in her house with her mother. And we've uh, pretty much established that that's the mother. Uh-huh. Right? It's not yeah, the Yeah, I think it's the same woman from the, uh, the fish butcher scene. Yeah, yeah, she just looks different. She looks a little older because I don't know why, but... Because um, time has passed. Because time has passed. Yeah, this is like a couple weeks later. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the mom got a whole lot older. She wasn't all made up for work, you know? She probably does her makeup and stuff, and it takes several years off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, but go ahead. So, yeah, this is a continuation of that scene, and um, what happens in it? Uh, Charlie's there, and Daisy's mom kind of, like, slut-shames her a little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah. She was like, uh, her mom was like, uh, well, she's trying to get them to stay for dinner, you know, because that was her plan to begin with. She didn't know that Daisy was going on yeah, a date. Yeah, she's trying to tempt her with lobster. <laughs> with lobster. Oh, yeah. That's the lobster. But uh, Daisy, uh, we find out, didn't really know that she was going on a date either because this guy just showed up to ask her out. Yeah, he found so, her, like, apparently. Yeah, yeah. He was like, you're a very difficult woman to find. Which is, that's a creepy thing to say. Daisy uh, on, a, on a, like, un... You know, uninvited date. Yeah, yeah. I've been, like, searching for you all day. And now we're going out. Yeah, I looked in so many phone books. Because, <laughs> you know, they didn't even have iPhones. Mm. Yeah, I wrote down life before Facebook, man. Yeah. Like. Absolutely. This is sign of the times right here, this movie. Yeah. I had to come to your house and meet your mother. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I sat here with her for two and a half hours. Didn't have a very good time, it Talking seems, about because uh, he, he suggests that maybe her mother needs a drink. <laughs> Mm-hmm. To loosen up a little. Well, no, anyway, yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, her mother is, like, trying to get them to stay. She's like, you know, you could stay for dinner instead of going out. And then she's like, uh, she's like, you don't have to come home so late. I know how long it takes to have dinner. <laughs> Which is, like, a messed up thing to say in front of her date, kind of. Yeah, yeah. Because so th- he must have just been like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, I'm going to score tonight. Either that or he's like, oh, man, I should probably get out of this house. Yeah. Because, uh, like, the mom is, like, slut-shaming her own daughter right in front of me, and I'm here to ask the daughter out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. It was a different time. Different time indeed. But I don't know. I got, That probably happens still today. And then uh, we there's also a big revelation in this uh, this minute. Oh, yeah. Well, he calls her Daisy Arujo because, you know, that's her name, Daisy Arujo. And she's like, uh, she's like uh, Charlie because she doesn't know his yeah. last name. And then he says, Charles Gordon Windsor Jr. Windsor! <laughs> yeah, yeah, his name is my name, too. Uh, it's yeah. like in the family tree, practically. Yeah, maybe, maybe, I'm, uh, maybe I'm related. To this fictional character. Exactly. But uh, no, that's so weird, because his last name's Windsor, my name is Windsor, and we were at a barbecue earlier, me and Holford. Yeah, because uh, uh, 
There, yeah. were, there was this little black kitten. It was like the cutest cat I ever saw. And this girl walks up and she's like, that cat's name's Windsor. So I met a cat today named Windsor. An adorable cat. It so was an tiny. adorable cat. I took a picture of you it. Could have fit it in a teacup, that thing. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe it'll stay a that way forever. Teacup. Yeah. Like, uh, like Keanu. <laughs> Anyone see that movie? <laughs> I chose not to. It was good. I saw it twice. Mm. Um, I said that sarcastically. No, actually, I just, uh, I just, I didn't see it. <laughs> I don't know what I don't get about Keanu. Why wasn't that directed by uh, either Key or Peel? Was guess, it not? No, I don't think it was. I don't know. I think it was. I don't know what key, who Keanu was uh, directed by. Let me look that up real quick. I guess. But I, I don't think that it was directed by either Key or Peel, and I'm kind of wondering why. Because you know, uh, Get Out came out shortly after that, and uh, what was it? Maybe that's why it was just too much. Yeah, yeah maybe he yeah, was, was directing it and like couldn't act and direct at the same time. Yeah. But uh, if you're acting in something, if you're in almost every scene, you can pretty much direct. Oh, no, you're right. Too. It was directed by one Peter Atencio. Yeah. Atencio. Atencio. Yeah. So I did like Keanu, but I, it could have been a lot better if it was directed by... Yeah, it's third act kind uh, of fell apart Jordan Peele, right? He's the director one? Yeah, he could have used uh, the strength of structure that he's demonstrated in uh, Get Out. Mm-hmm. Because it just kind of unravels that movie at the end. Yeah, yeah, it fell apart. But it had some good ending jokes. Mm-hmm. Anyway, back to Mystic Pizza. <laughs> <laughs> the movie that this podcast is about. I want to mention that... The mother not only is cooking lobster, but did you guys notice the big lobster on the wall in their house? I did notice that Enormous big lobster, lobster on the wall. It looked like a it looked like a rug that they're using as like a painting. I thought it looked wooden, like carved. Was it like a wooden carving? I didn't notice it, but now I wish I had. Because, uh, <laughs> like, you know, I, I think during that scene, I wonder if there's any takes of that where she's like, I was cooking lobster, and then she just kind of gestures. The <laughs> or at the, you know. She's Price like, right style. we love lobster. It's like, here on the wall. Yeah. Yeah, there is a big old wooden lobster we on the wall. We love lobster almost as much as we love Jesus, which there's also a lot of pictures. Oh, so around. much Jesus on the wall. You know what I noticed about the pictures on the wall in this house? They're all from, like, uh, like 1900. Uh, you know, like, they are they are very early photos yeah, all I over wonder, the walls of this I house. I wonder if maybe they've just been hanging out. Uh, hanging, <laughs> hanging out. Those pictures have just been <laughs> hanging out there. You know, I wonder if they were hanging there for, like, you know, decades at this point. Maybe this is, like, a family house. Mm-hmm. Like I, you know, as a millennial, I don't really know a lot about how people acquire homes because <laughs> you know avocado toast and all that. Uh-huh. So like, uh, but um, I think people oftentimes passed homes down from generation to generation. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I don't think that happens as much these days, but yeah, there's definitely people who are still living in like a house that their family owned for like 200 years, mm-hmm. and this kind of seems like that kind of house. Yeah. Because all of those pictures... This is 1988, but still, all of those pictures are well, very old. I'm not going to claim to be an expert, but I would say that this this house looks like it might have been, like, uh, post-war, like 1950s, maybe. Mm-hmm. You know, baby boomer kind of era. Right. I don't know. Do you think it looks older than that? Oh, it, no. It's a, it's a port town, so I, I imagine they've been using this port for a while. Like, this town didn't just spring up, mm-hmm. so that house has probably been there for, I'm going to say, over 100 years. No, I, I really, I think this is a 20th century design. Yeah, you think so? Uh, that's my feeling. It's an uninformed opinion, but one that I feel very strongly Well, <laughs> from 1988, uh, 1888 isn't even that long ago, so yeah. maybe this house was built in, like... Like, 1915. Like, do you remember my house in media? 
Yeah. That was built around 1900. And, like, think yeah. about how old that house seemed, you know? That's true. Where is this? Is this Boston? This is, uh, this is near Yale. <laughs> it's, uh, Connecticut. Connecticut. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know. You could probably drive to Boston. Go Pats. Yeah. I'm trying to think. I don't really know anything about the history of that area. So, like, when was it, like... Hey, neither do we, and we're on minute 29. (laughs) (laughs) One of these episodes, we're just going to have to do a book report on Connecticut. Uh, Yeah, we we owe it to the state of Connecticut to, you know... (laughs) At least peruse the Wikipedia article on it. (laughs) Like, you know, like... I got some questions, like, what's the, what's their exports? What do those mm. look like? <laughs> you know? I was actually Sports. doing, um... What's their state motto? State bird? That kind of stuff. Oh, I was actually doing a little bit uh, of research on the Pequot uh, tribe mm-hmm. uh, that was from Mystic. So, uh, the Native Americans uh, in this area are the Pequots. And, uh... There the was word this, Mystic is from their language. Hmm. There's this one, uh, like, painting I was looking at, and it was called the Pequot Massacre. And it was just like this. Uh, it was like a circle, and like each each like dot in the circle represented a person. Really? So it was and, like an uh, abstract piece? Not entirely, but it was like a it was like a historical painting that like depicted the story of this thing called the Pequot Massacre. Mm-hmm. And uh, apparently, a whole lot of Pequots died that day at the hands of. Um, I guess they were English. Yeah, you know they say baseball is the American pastime, but if you really look at history, uh, massacring Indians. Was also kind of the American pastime. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, like seriously, they used to just like you, you would have a town, and then there'd be Indians peacefully living near the town, and then mm-hmm. one day the people in the town would just be like, "Hey, I, I don't like how close those Indians are to us. Let's go like uh, kill them all." <laughs> yeah, let's greatly reduce their numbers. Yeah, which is like I don't know, man. Pretty messed up. In, in, in this man's. Humble opinion. There, uh, yeah, up. pretty much every tribe that you look up, you know, you're the, you'll you'll be like researching like an old Indian tribe, and you're like, oh, these people are really interesting. And here is where a lot of them died. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, one more note I've got in this minute. I just wanted to say Charlie's face is pretty sweaty, huh? He's yeah, all sweaty. Like, I wonder if he's on drugs. Ooh, maybe. Do you think this guy is like a? He, he drives that Porsche. You think he's got like, a coke problem or something too? Yeah, that seems pretty likely, right? L- like. This man's done some cocaine in his day, I'd say. Maybe that's going to be, like, Daisy's, um, re- like, revelation, you know? She's going to go have, like, a whole bunch of fun with Charlie and all that stuff, and, like, halfway through, like, date three, he's going to pull out this, like, white bag. <laughs> I, was, I think halfway through date three, she's just going to be like, boy, he is really doing a lot of coke con- and constantly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I think that yeah. sweating is more a result of the actor being on coke. Yeah, yeah, that's so. also very possible. And it's not intentionally supposed to be a thing, but uh, it's shining through. Just the yeah. actor's coke addiction. <laughs> they just all are, like, like Julia Roberts, Adam Stork, and the mom, like, the, <laughs> before the cameras rolled, they all did, like, I'll throw Donald Petrie in there, too. They <laughs> <laughs> just all started doing cocaine. Just like, alright, like, uh, we're about to be action, so, you know, everybody clean up after yourselves, and just a bunch of people, like, you know. <laughs> Wiping their noses. Yeah. Um, anyway, I think that's all the notes I have on the minute, but I've got some other stuff. Uh, anyone else have anything on the minute specifically? On the minute specifically? No, this is just kind of a wrap-up of, um, you know, a pretty short scene. Uh, Charlie just asked out Daisy. Yeah, I, I, one thing I'll add is at the very end of the scene, we hear exactly two piano notes of what presumably is going to become a song. Yeah. So it's like... Dun, 
It would be really yeah. surprising if it wasn't going to be. It's just yeah, it's just those two piano notes. So they just go back to talking again. <laughs> the mom's still angry. She's like, "You you you know you could stay for dinner. What if they end up staying for dinner?" Hmm. Yeah, that'd be a fun date. Yeah. <laughs> Lobster with Ma. Lobster with this like strange lady's mom. <laughs> I should add the uh, the the end of this uh, minute. Um, Daisy's kind of like like she starts to immediately like kind of wait on Charlie like a like a waitress would. I noticed that. You know, she like she actually like physically pushes <laughs> him down in the chair, and she's like she's like, "Can I get you anything?" That's a good observation. And uh, and he's like, "No, no, I'm cool." And then yeah, that's when she pushes him down in the chair, and she's just like, "Shut up!" <laughs> like she's kind of like a. Like dominatrixing him. Yeah, a little bit. Look a at little that bit, face. but Look like, that face. but also, is that not the face of a dominatrix right oh there? Yeah. Oh yeah, she's about to put on some, go upstairs and put on some leather. She's gonna put on something more uncomfortable. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yeah, she's like, a, she's like a dominatrix waitress. <laughs> like she's doing her job, and that's kind of like what she gets off. Whoa, at. whoa! I just came up with a great idea. Have you guys ever been to the Prime Time, Time Cafe in uh, Disney Hollywood Studios? I have not. So the premise of that restaurant is that all the waitresses act like 1950s housewives. Oh. Even like the the men and stuff. And so it's it's hilarious because they're like they're trying to tell you to finish your vegetables and stuff. They're all very picky. But mm. what if you took that exact premise and all of the waitresses were dominatrixes? Mm-hmm. In the 1950s. Well, in the 1950s, maybe not. I don't know. But just the idea of have, interacting with people acting at you. Dominatrixes, like, throughout time. You yeah, know? yeah. Like, you might get an early one. You might get, like, a modern one. Yeah. What, what can you call this place? Uh, the Ball Gag Cafe. Yeah, what was the original uh, restaurant? Primetime Cafe. The Primetime Cafe. Uh... I don't know. I'm not very good at dominatrix jokes. Yeah, that's not my wheelhouse. No, uh, for some reason I'm constantly coming up with them. You know, you sometimes well, you're, uh, you're just all tied up town. and you got nothing to do but just think uh, of dominatrix jokes. That's a good, good one. Fire away. Uh, uh, why did the dominatrix cross the road? Why? Uh, you because, don't. You don't need to know why. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna withhold that information from you because it makes you horny. Um, all right, so I've got uh, one thing. I wanted to try out just doing some segments this week, so I wrote down a couple segment ideas, and maybe if some of these work out, we can incorporate them into the show permanently. Mm-hmm. Uh, did anyone else come up with any segments? Um, maybe a little bit. I didn't really write them down, but I, c- I could make a few up, like, off the top of my head. All right, well, we can do it, and we'll, we'll alternate. Okay. So my first idea is, uh, who won the minute? Who won the minute? Yeah, in terms of, is All that right. the song? <laughs> who won the minute? Who won the minute? Who won the minute? Who won the minute? <laughs> there we okay. go. Okay. And uh, that was who won the minute? <laughs> oh God, I want it. I want to hear you guys do this every week. I can't wait. <laughs> um, I'm gonna say Charlie won the minute. Yeah, he like showed up where he wasn't supposed to be. He somehow found out. He was very mysterious about it. Like what a power play! Like first he teases the idea that he like had to work to find out, but then he doesn't give her any information. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like uh, it's like he's holding that information hostage. How do you think he got that information? Uh, I think he saw he, her at the bar, but did she give him like her number at the bar? I think no. I think what happened is he asked somebody at the bar if he knew who that was, and that person was like, 
oh, she works over at Mystic Pizza. Right. And uh-huh. then he went there, and he was like, can I please see a list of your uh, employees' home addresses? <laughs> and then <laughs> right. he went to each one. Or more likely, you know, he followed her from the bar. He's been ooh, following her for ooh. a long time. Could be that too. Like these people. Had <laughs> this a is gonna lot be a of, lifetime movie. These people had a lot of time on their hands. It was like you know before the internet. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So he couldn't look on the internet. So the internet actually was going places. Although Daisy <laughs> does kind of turn the power dynamic around when she shoves him into that chair, mm-hmm. or not really shoves. She kind of tips him over into it. Yeah, but it was something that he liked. Uh-huh. So like, look at that face. Does does <laughs> doesn't she look like she's in control of the moment? Yeah, yeah, but I wouldn't say Daisy won the minute because, uh, like, she's like she's our, she's on the fence about this. Still, uh-huh. you know, like she won a date with a rich guy. He's doing the hard sell. Yeah, and she's like succumbing to it a little bit. Exactly. So she didn't exactly win because she's still in this like mindset where like she's been here before. It's just another guy. Like she doesn't exactly know that it's going to go terribly great for her. This is why her, her mom, mom just slut shamed her. Yeah, this <laughs> is why she knows how long it takes to eat dinner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know who definitely doesn't win the minute? I think on this we can at least all agree is, is the mom, right? Who just has all of these cooked lobsters that are going to go uneaten. Yeah, yeah. She's got a fridge full of lobsters. I don't really eat lobster. How does that go? Do you, do you just plop a lobster down in front of the person and they're like, "There you go." Yeah, uh, they're like they're like big crawfish, right? Yeah. I, I mean, so like you eat the tail and you can eat the claws, but you don't eat anything else on the lobster. Well, is like a single lobster like a single serving size? Is sure. that like a personal pan pizza I kind mean, of situation? I've seen you get half a lobster sometimes if it's big and it's like. But that's like a surf and turf kind of thing sometimes Maybe. too. Yeah. I mean, it depends how big the lobster is. Surf and turf. You can get some pretty big. I was thinking about that. <laughs> right. That's a funny phrase. It rhymes. It's got the word surf in it. It's kind of like a Beach Boys song. You yeah. know what? It might be a Beach Boys song. Yeah. <laughs> On the next minute, we'll know. Just uh, Surf and Turf. It's just a song about eating lobster and steak. But it's, but it's by the Beach Boys. Oh, that'd be great. Oh, that. Uh, Brian Wilson, what a genius. Yeah, what a genius. <laughs> what, what a genius. genius. So that song, Surf and Turf, by the Beach Boys. Oh, it it gets me every time. (laughs) Did I tell you uh, my uh, my idea about a... I was going to write a screenplay for uh, the next biopic about Brian Wilson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I really wanted to see that one starring John Cusack. Now, is this the one that's barely an idea? uh, It's a pretty solid idea. Okay, let's hear it. Uh, so, like, I, I really wanted to see that uh, Brian Wilson movie uh, starring John Cusack as an older Brian Wilson. And, and who played Paul the younger Dano. one? Yeah, Paul, Dano played, Paul Dano played the uh, the younger Brian Wilson. And it's, like, all about him, like, going crazy and being a genius and everything. But he's writing, like, at the same time, he's writing, like, Beach Boys music. So it's, like, this, like, this, like, schizophrenic genius, like, back in, like, the 70s was going through such a hard time. But he was, like, writing uh, writing songs about, like... You know, riding in cars to the beach. <laughs> like I get, I get how Brian Wilson was a genius. You know, like he, they threw their voices like a lot, like Queen and stuff like that. Threw their voices? What do you mean? You know, it was like an ensemble. It was like it was like a voice orchestra. Oh, you mean they um, harmonized? Harmonized. harmonized. Yeah, no. to throw your voice. What, uh, <laughs> the ventriloquist does. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're like 
They're like Harmony Ventriloquists, the Beach Harmony Boys. Harmony Ventriloquists. <laughs> and so I was going to write this uh, biopic about Brian Wilson where he's just like freaking out and like yelling at people and not taking his pills and stuff. And, but it all takes place around the time that he's writing A Beach Boys Christmas. <laughs> he's just like crying at a piano, like smashing on it, being like, Little Saint Nick! He's coming down your chimney! <laughs> Yeah, I would just call it like a Beach Boys Christmas. Yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> Brian Wilson, what a genius. What a genius, Scott. What a genius. So but I guess when I'm done uh, writing American Beauty 2, I'll get to work right away on my uh, Beach Boys Christmas. Yeah, how's work coming on that, by the way? Uh, American Beauty 2, it's going all right. I still don't have anything like really super solid on paper. Mm-hmm. But what I've been doing, it's like, um, like I'm thinking of different scenes that would... Uh, that would be in a movie like American Beauty 2. And so I've been kind of like uh, like listening to music and trying to like pick out pieces of music that I would uh, put on. So I'm coming up with like a playlist, basically, uh-huh. called the American Beauty 2 soundtrack. That's the first step of any good piece of writing, is I, coming up with a playlist. Yeah, well, you know, like uh, I bet like Zemeckis does that sometimes. Like we were talking about uh, Flight earlier and how he used uh, Sympathy for the Devil. Uh, as like a, oh yeah, it's a song just the most to on the nose music cue in the entire world. Yeah, it was like the song to cue in John Goodman's character. He's like a drug dealer. The sympathy for the devil. So I've been like coming up with like like kind of like music cues and stuff like that, and like music that would go in different scenes in American Beauty too. So I'm coming up with the soundtrack before I actually come up with the story mm-hmm. because I feel like the music is going to drive the story. It'll inform the story, does. So right now I have some Beach Boys on my American Beauty 2 soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, Locomotion. Yeah, Locomotion by the Beach Boys. That was... Uh... Well, not by the Beach Boys, as performed by the Beach Boys. <laughs> you mean that goddamn genius Brian Wilson didn't write Locomotion? No, I, I forget who wrote Locomotion. Well, he made but... it his own if he didn't. <laughs> so I've got Locomotion on there. What else do I have on there? Uh, is uh, like a... Uh, steel drum music. <laughs> I've been listening to a lot of steel drum music <laughs> to uh, to prepare myself to write American Beauty too. Uh, I used to grow when I was growing up. There was a lot of steel drum music around me, so I just have a lot of weird memories of that. My, my father was from Antigua, actually, so, mm. or grew up there, so yeah. he really got into the steel drums. I had a little steel drum. There was steel drum cool. CDs around. It it was very noisy. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anything else on there? Or? Uh, on the American Beauty 2 soundtrack, uh, I have like two other songs. I forget what they're called or <laughs> even what they are. But it's, it's coming coming soon. I'll have something pretty concrete that I can talk about on the show. But, um, you know, look forward to that uh, for, for over the next six months. Because, you know, this podcast is probably going to take about like six months more to wrap up, you think? I think it's seven or eight, maybe. Yeah. So uh, by the oh, so almost end of this podcast, I may be done American Beauty too, right? Because, because we made a bet. Yeah, so. because then the bet's yeah, going to be over. Mm. There's always bets. So if I'm not done it, then I owe Holford fifty bucks. <laughs> <laughs> what is the tally now for bets you're probably going to win? Uh, I might come out of this one hundred and fifty dollars, depending, <laughs> depending on the casting of the HBO Donald Trump movie. Right. Which I, I don't Vin- have control over. I say Vincent D'Onofrio. I say uh, John Goodman. Marshall, who do you think should play Donald Trump in the upcoming HBO campaign movie about Donald Trump? I'm going to say John Stamos. John it's gonna Stamos. Be, it's going to be a real chance for him to show his range. <laughs> All right. 
<laughs> I like it. I think he's old enough now. He could uh, he could totally D'Onofrio it up and like uh, gain two hundred pounds. Yeah, like, for the role. He would. Yeah, he would. He's that kind of guy. Method actor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's a big fan of a uh, big friend of Brian Wilson, isn't he? Oh, uh, oh yeah. John <laughs> I sure think was. I, he was like in the Beach Boys. Yeah, I think for a while. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think he had them on Full House, and then they Few had times. him on the Beach Boys. Because yeah. <laughs> I remember them being on Full House, like for an episode. They like played at his bar. Uh-huh. It's funny how much Beach. I know we're just talking a lot about the Beach Boys, but it's funny how much Full House just informed my early opinions of the Beach Boys. I was just like, <laughs> that movie, that music seems real corny and stuff. But then at some point, you hear pet sounds. And you're like, oh, shit. Yeah, that guy's a goddamn genius. <laughs> what a genius, what a genius. Uh, anyone got any more segment ideas? Um, uh, who, uh, Marshall, in this scene, between Charlie and Daisy and her mother, would you rather French kiss? <laughs> that's, that's not a good segment. <laughs> this segment is called, uh, who would you rather French kiss? <laughs> because really, this segment should just be called, like, uh, do, do you like boys or girls? <laughs> No, no, well, there's different benefits to uh, French kissing. Uh, All right, well, lay him out for us. Okay, so, uh, you know, if you kiss Charlie, uh-huh. I mean, I guess you're a straight man, so it probably would be your first pick, you know. Mm. And he's like... Uh, probably, yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> I would French kiss Vincent Zanofrio oh, probably, probably over, like, a few of these characters in this movie. Uh-huh. But, uh, so, if you kiss Charlie, you're, you're kissing, like, this attractive blonde-haired... Uh-huh. Uh, rich fellow who drives a Porsche, but who also like stalks people. But who also like stalks people and uh, questionable uh, coke problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you might get some cocaine back that way. <laughs> that is <laughs> potentially a benefit. Depending your, on your lips get all numb, but uh, let's hear your answer anyway. Uh, I don't know. I'm. I'm I got. I, I guess I have to go with Daisy. Uh, yeah. It's the clear choice right here. Although I'm not going to get over that shirt being tucked in. I, it. uh, it's. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know. She's Talk. the wor- she's the worst dressed in the room. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> right. Well, and also to... those chompers. I feel like it would just be exhausting trying to get your your te- your tongue around those. You know, mm-hmm. you'd just be like, oh, this is like a hike for my mouth. <laughs> if I wanted that, I would chew gum. Come yeah, on. exactly. Um, I think uh, I would go with her mom. So Holford, you would rather French kiss. Uh, Daisy's mom, Mrs. Arujo. Do we yeah, know her first name? Because she's uh, a nice Mrs. lady, and Daisy obviously isn't hurting in the French kissing department. Mm-hmm. So you know why not? Like her mom needs some too. Yeah, her mom seems to have what a is better. Mrs. So she seems married. So she could be widowed. Yeah, I think the dad might be dead. I've Ooh. never made out with a widow before. Yeah, yeah. She's a wise old woman. She knows what she's doing. Mm. Uh, Daisy doesn't really know what she's doing all that much. No, she's like... I don't, know. I don't get the impression. Well, actually, <laughs> recall that the mom was just, like, slut-shaming her over, like, how she stays out too late with, like, the boys she's going out with. Yeah. But, you know, half that time she's, like, becoming really good at pool also. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, I bet, I bet her mom's a little bit wrong. Like, she's not always going out and just, like, getting with all these guys. She's, like... Sometimes just she, getting drunk. She's, like, an expert pool player. Like, mm-hmm. maybe she's going to, like... maybe she's Billiards going to, tournaments. Yeah, maybe she's going to billiards tournaments. But, um, I'd... Yeah, I'd kiss Daisy. I'd French kiss the hell out of Daisy. Yeah, uh, This is a bad segment. <laughs> and that concludes Who Would You Rather French Kiss? <laughs> Alright, I think we each contributed a segment, actually, because you had the Mystic Pit Pizza moment. Yeah. 
I had the uh, who won the moment, and then you had that awful kissing. Who thing. would you rather French kiss? <laughs> oh, Mystic Pizza. So uh, let's wrap it up. Uh, Can I change my answer to Jesus? Jesus. Oh yeah, he technically. I mean, he's he's you all really over think about that it, He's in every scene of every movie. Yeah, he's, Ooh, he's second build in in, in all, life in all Donald Petrie films. <laughs> um. All right. Uh, well, we'd like to thank Steve Richardson, our editor uh, and producer. Uh, we'd like to thank The Bungler, our musician, who made our lovely theme song. I think it's, just, like, it's just Bungler. It's just Bungler? It's just Bungler. Does that make there's it improper no, to say the? There's no the. It's cleaner. It's like Netherlands. Just, how, Netherlands. Just, just like how this is not the Mystic Pizza Minute. Right, no, it's that's mystic. a good point. That was an early disagreement we had, actually. What, the Netherlands? No, the Mystic Pizza Minute. Oh. I, he wanted the, I wanted no the. Yeah, but we still say it yeah. and write it. Well, so I can say The Bungler. Okay, sure. Uh, and we'd like to thank our guest, Marshall Bruno, who's uh, earlier I pointed out his name almost is uh, Bruno Mars, if you do the last name first and first name last. It's like Bruno Mars Hall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, on that note, uh, thank you for listening. Uh, rate and subscribe, rate and subscribe, rate and subscribe. We love you. Kiss, kiss. Mwah.